0: Praise God. Y'all don't got to run so fast. I won't have you. I'm going to ask you to preach. I promise. Well, praise God, church. I'm excited about getting into the spiritual warfare. Um, we're going to, we'll jump into it and then we'll read scripture in a little bit. Um, I was thinking about what my sister Kendall was saying about what gives you joy and then what sets you on fire. Um, I love to pray with folks in the altar. I love to see people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I love when people look at me and they're like, oh my, that God's really here. And it's more than, uh, I think I've said it all around, I say all around the world, I know i said it in in all three Americas. Um, When I pray for people, I say, let it be more than just hype, more than just um, emotionalism and more than just music. Um, it usually, I, I when I'm praying with somebody and I'm talking to God, I'm asking them, Give them a right now sign because sometimes people say, Well, it's just the music they were playing it. D-dum, 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 d-dum. You do that for an hour, and maybe it was just the music. Um, or more than just emotionalism, more than just hype. Why? Because those are three things that the devil will try to convince you when you walk out of a service. Oh, that really wasn't God, that was just the music. That was just that kick drum. That, that Rick guy, could, he, he sure can play the drums. Or, 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 you know, that was just a bunch of emotionalism and hype. I mean, Todd really plays well. And, uh, you know, the people are running and jumping. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, why do I pray those things? Because those are the three things that the devil likes to use to steal your, your joy and also your victory. So let's just jump into it. We're going to read the scripture a little bit. Uh, Ethan's going to help me. But I, I want to um, let's just pray and, and go into it. I'm going to teach backwards today. You count the, the armor of God. I'm going to start with the last one, and I'll move around. Um, so I want to talk to you today about the sword of the Spirit. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, God. We thank you for the opportunity to come into your house. God, to sing songs to you, to run, to dance, to worship. Thank you for the opportunity to be surrounded by men and women we call brother and sister. God, we thank you that it's more than just a building. It not just climate control, fancy lights and nice sound system, but your spirit is here and that's what makes the difference. God, we're thankful that as we pray and as we call upon you that you're not a distant God, you're a very present God, you're very, very real and you're very here right now. God, help us today as we jump into spiritual warfare, help us to demystify and help us to understand even better just what it is. This thing called spiritual warfare. In Jesus' name, he said amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. It was the autumn of 1944. And Germany had been beaten back behind its borders. The Nazi war machine was in tatters and repeated bombing raids by the Allies, all but assured that Hitler's forces would never rise again. Around the perimeter of Germany's borders, the Allies spread a thin line of forces that one person observed was so scattered that a man could slip between the lines without being observed. All across Europe, there was celebration, parties, dances, speeches, all rejoicing in Germany's defeat. The war was effectively over. The only problem was that somebody forgot to tell Germany. Even as his forces were being shattered and driven back, Hitler was devising a plan for one more last onslaught. Underground factories churned out more weapons, armament, and ammunition. More of Germany's young and old men were conscripted and trained for war. As Europe rejoiced, Hitler planned. His goal was not to drive back the Allies as much as it was to divide the British to the north and Americans to the south and so demoralize them that they would seek for peace on his terms. On December 16, 1944, Hitler's army began an offensive known as the Battle of the Bulge. It was fought along an 85-mile front when the fighting ended in January 25, 1945. Out of the 610,000 American troops involved in the battle, 89,000 were casualties. Some sources report that up to 19,000 were killed. It was the largest and bloodiest battle fought by the United States in World War II. All because somebody forgot that the enemy still lived and the war was not over. Remember what Paul says in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Last week we read from the message. This week we'll read from the NIV. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. That's a lot of scripture. It's a lot of stuff. But I want you to understand that we can talk about all the different components, but I want to start with this sword of the Spirit. First off, you need to know your weapon, and Paul will take time to talk about armor, which we're going to talk about in detail over the next coming weeks. But I want you to realize that the armor is not the same thing as weapons. Are you with me? Simple English class, armor is not the same thing as weapons. Armor protects you, and is absolutely essential because as you know, if you are in this war long enough, you will take a hit. You need protection. It is in, it's those who know about the armor that can say with assurance and confidence that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. But let me remind you, you can't live on the defensive all your life. I am thankful for the defensive armor God has given us. But just because the, bre- uh, because the best offense is a good defense is true in football, it does not make it true in God's kingdom. He has commanded us to take territory, destroy strongholds, and extend his boundaries. And you can't do that if you're constantly and only playing defense. This whole stand firm. Let me fix that for you. That doesn't mean stand still and do nothing. That means stand firm on who you are in God. That does not mean to put your feet down in a place and never develop and never grow and never do anything. It doesn't mean to stand in one place and be stagnant. It means stand on everything God says you are regardless of what's happening to you. That's what it means. So we must recognize and know our weapon, singular. Notice, if you will, in the text, the only offensive weapon that we're given is his word. I almost hate saying it this way. I, I really do. Without meaning to do so or intending to do so, it almost diminishes or degrades the potency of that weapon. In fact, I submit to you that we have downplayed the word so much that we miss this truth. We are only given one weapon because it is the only weapon we would need. We fail to grasp the power of this weapon of mass destruction we've been handed simply because we have failed to learn how to handle what we've been given. Now, I was going to say this at the very last, but let me see if I can help you because if I don't say this now, we'll go through the entire message. You'll be wondering what exactly am I talking about because if we go through this, I believe it'll make more sense. There are three different words in the original scripture that has translated the word of God. There's graphy, which is G-R-A-P-H-E, which is graph with the E on it, graphy, which means the words on the page, the ink, the paper, the literal book, which is the Bible. Then there is the Logos, spelled Logos. Um, It's the message of the graphy. So when you are in a church service and a preacher begins to expound on the written word of God and it begins to make sense to you and you understand it better, that is the Logos or Logos. And then there's Rhema. That is the utterance of God, the spoken word of God to you in your life. What is Rhema, Pastor? Have you ever been to service and while the preacher is preaching, whether it's a pastor, evangelist, whatever, and they're preaching, uh, you feel like you're the only person in that room? Like, oh my, this was for me. That's Rhema. This is when the Word of God becomes personal. It becomes more than just written words on a page. It becomes more than you just understanding, you know, time and, and, and context, but it becomes personal to you. This is God speaking to you. If you've ever said, my word, that message was for me. If anybody, everybody could have went home, that was for me. Hello, that is God talking to you. This is the sword of spirit to use against the enemy in your life. It's the sword of the spirit. It is not a spiritual sword. Are you with me? This is not our sword. It's the sword of the spirit. So when you're in a service and God begins to talk to you like, oh, my word, this is for me. I don't preach this microphone loose. You see it? You're like, oh, my gosh, this is for me. That is what God is giving you to fight with like oh my gosh is my house bugged does the pastor eavesdropping how could he get that detail that is god giving you rhema so you could take it and fight the devil the word the sword of the spirit which is the word of god is not graphy it's not logos it's rhema in ephesians 6 You do not fight with that Bible. You don't smack anybody up the side of the head with a King James version of the Bible. That is not what it's talking about. It is not talking about your understanding that you can say it just right. It is talking about you fight with with the personal word that God gives you. He begins to expound the written word to not only you understand it, but you can apply it to your life and you can fight the devil with it. Are you with me? Thank you. That's mama. I love you, mama. I get two mama claps. I can preach till my shirt is soaking wet. And y'all won't do nothing, but i get a mama clap. Thank you, mama. Now listen. (sighs) Rhema is what has power. It is the sword of the Spirit. Listen to this. Okay, how do we put this all in a context? I can tell you this and we can all go home. The rhema is when God illuminates the logos because you have the graphene. It is when God illuminates your understanding because you have the written word. Mm. Now. Please hold on because it's going to get bumpy from here. Remember Luke 4 when the enemy goes on the offense against Jesus? He thinks it's a weak moment. Jesus has been fasting and he's tired and he's hungry and perhaps weak in his physical body. So the enemy does what the enemy does. He attacks perceived weakness. Jesus apparently didn't think uh, that the best offense is a good defense because he whips out the word and goes on the offense three times. And the, the word used there is rhema. Hmm. Now, I am not a Greek and Hebrew scholar, but you need to understand he's not talking about smacking the devil upside the head with a scroll. He's using Rhema. Notice this, Jesus had all kinds of options. He could have called down fire from heaven, he could have picked up a stone and turned into bread without the devil's help. He could have summoned the entire army of angels, attend to, to his every whim and need. However, when the enemy attacks, Jesus used one weapon, he unleashes and unsheathes one weapon he swings one weapon he completely annihilates the enemy with one weapon he sends the devil limping away with a tail between his legs with one weapon it amazes me that we as christians keep trying to find other weapons to turn to Hmm. lord help me preach this nicely we want tongues so that we can pray without devil knowing what we're saying We want the secret sauce and hidden recipes, and we'll spend thousands of dollars chasing different preachers and buying all kind of mess off the Internet, and all the time if we just utilize the weapon we would have been given, we would destroy the enemy. So quit worrying about praying in 17 different languages the devil can't understand. Start praying the word. Start praying stuff he can't understand, and you're going to be able to whoop him. Start with that weapon and finish him off in tongues if you want to. But we want all kinds of stuff. Teach us how to do it. Teach us how to intercede. How about use the word, man? Talk to the enemy the language he can understand. The one he can't handle, which is the word. Quit chasing secret sauces if you won't use what you have already have access to. Now, why am I on this? Because you will come for 17 different sermon series, but you won't read your Bible. And you want victory over the enemy. About the Bronx cheer. (sighs) You ain't gonna get, you can't, you don't get credit for coming to church. The devil's not scared of you because you go to C3. The devil's not scared of you because you run, because you jump, because you clap on beat and can sing with Todd. The devil's scared to death of you when you use the rhema, when you use the word God has given you on him. He'll let you go to church all you want to, and he'll wear you out. He'll attack your every nerve. He will destroy you mentally. He doesn't care about that. You can go to church every day of the week. He doesn't care, but start using the word. All right. You can, you can get any you can get an application that give you 17 different versions of the Bible, and you can cross-section, them, and you still don't use them. You, you don't even have to read. You can be illiterate with the capital E literate. And you can still have the application read to you, and you won't do it. Okay, baby, do I got the mad face? I love you, baby. I'm sorry I don't want the mad face. It never fails. When either I talk about the need to know, to read, or to handle the word, I see eyes glaze over and hmm, talking about something cooler, Pastor, not about the Bible. Hmm. Talking about something like I'll read, talking about social media and Instagram, talking about stuff I actually read, not the word of God. Hmm. See, I want to drop some weapon wisdom on you today that will help you in your fight. The only word that is a weapon for us is the word that is in us. Listen, remember I said that rhema is when God illuminates the logos, our understanding because we have the graphy or the written word. God can do no illuminating if you have nothing in you. Testing. Okay, we we can all go to like Bojangles or 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 to the buffet or wherever you want to go. We can dismiss now. Are you bored? You said you wanted spiritual warfare. There is the, this is library quiet in here, and I'm going to preach it even harder. This means it requires us to know the word. We have become lazy. We want others to know the word. Pastor, I hope you know the word. I can't even read half the names in it, but you still want me to know all the word. But we have let ourselves become lazy. We don't in, interact or sharpen our sword. And when the enemy attacks, we're either unarmed or, or we either bring a dagger to a sword fight. Have you ever noticed that the enemy doesn't give you time to search for verses when he attacks? He gives you no time. Jesus was so familiar with the word that when he attacked, he was armed and ready. It is sad. And children in Israel memorize the Torah while our kids become proficient in call of duty in Fortnite. How often do you practice with your sword on between Sundays? We don't even carry the Bible anymore. It's just fine. But do you actually practice with it Monday through Saturday? Nope. The only Bible I get is on this really big screen, a Bible with the large print over here. You aren't just reading a book. You're literally holding a weapon. We don't like it anymore. I don't care which version of the weapon you use. Use the King James, the New King James, the Modern English Translation, New Living Translation, the NIV, God's Word. Use, I don't care what you use. I don't care if it's written digital. I don't even care if you read it in Braille. I just want you to read one of them because the only word that we have at our disposal is the word that's actually in us. We need to handle the word as if it's loaded because it is. We must handle the word enough that the word gets in us so that when we are attacked, the word can come out of us. Okay, how about this? Let's practice together. Okay. There are two groups that are impacted by the word when it comes out of us. The first is our enemy. The enemy can't refute, deflect, stand up to, or challenge the word. He is not afraid of your volume or your praying in tongues. He is not afraid of your clapping, of your rebuking. He is deathly afraid of the word. He cannot deflect it, rebuke it, rebuke it, stand up, or challenge it. The devil and his demons tremble at his word. The second group impacted by word, the word is angels. Angels respond to the word. When they hear the word, they go into action. The Luke account about Jesus' standoff with the devil is also described in Matthew 4. Um, But Matthew gives us a little bit more insight. After Jesus quotes the word to the enemy and he flees, Matthew says that angels come to attend to Jesus. Maybe the reason we don't have angels attending to our need is because they don't hear any word coming out of us during our attack. Rick, how am I doing, bro? Seems kind of rough in here. Facebook, love y'all. I'll be looking for a new job tomorrow. They don't hear any word coming out of our attack. They hear our anger. They hear our cursing. They hear our complaining. They hear our whining. They hear our crying. But do they hear any word? Angels move at the speed of word. So we must know our weapon. We must get it in us. What practical steps are you willing to take to get to know the word better? This is rough. This is rough. We talk about we we want to have spiritual warfare. We want to protect our families, but we don't read the word. It is fun. If you want to have fun with the word, read it with the child. We are in Chronicles, and man, Ian is saying, Dad, text Rick that funny name. But he is doing it. Do- I promise you, if you will do something with the child for a couple weeks or a couple months, they will do it without you. On Wednesdays, we do not do, do our-, our-, our Bible time because our connect call goes over a bedtime Ian got up and started playing the Bible on his own. He's like, I'm not waiting for you, old man. And Rick called me and said, well, bro, you don't get credit for reading the whole Bible that way. But the 8-year-old says, I'm not waiting for you. You talk all you want to. I'm going to get my Bible in. Does, is he going to memorize the whole Bible? No. But the only thing that's going to come out is what we put in. Start now. In the the message, he's doing the message. The message is easy to understand. Is it the most fun to debate doctrine with? Absolutely not. It's not even the most fun to preach this sermon series with. That's why I changed to the NIV, because the message doesn't do it justice, really, for all all the parts of the armor of God. But I don't care what version you read it in. I promise you. Because if you get the graphy, the actual written word, whether it be written on in a book or on the application you get it in you and you begin to understand what it actually means then god can begin to give you a rhema based on those two things but if we don't read the bible or listen to the bible or even understand what it means god can't help us so you don't need a bigger weapon you need a bigger target is that fair we waste our weapon on the wrong enemy. I want to remind you that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So the question is, who are we fighting? Too many of us are using spiritual weaponry against earthly targets. I bring that up in regard to our weapon because oftentimes we quote scripture in situations and the weapons seem ineffective and we see no results. I submit to you that you don't need a bigger weapon. You need a bigger target. A BB gun has no impact on an elephant. It'll kill a squirrel. Same weapon, different target. Nothing changed but the target. Too many of us are using the right weapon, but we're aimed at the wrong target. We're trying to use what was intended to destroy demons to try to destroy people. We have been armed with weapons of mass destruction, and yet we get distracted by petty offenses and crazy looks. And I can't believe they looked at me sideways. You see what they're doing? So we're armed for elephant, and we keep trying to drop bombs on mosquitoes. That's why Jesus dealt with the target, because he knew we were going to have target acquisition failure. You remember his disciples were unsuccessful in dealing with the little boy who was possessed with demons? When they brought him to Jesus, and Jesus deals with this target first, these kind come out only by these kind. Target identification. You have to know your target or you get no results. Some of us fail to identify the target we end up missing, or worse, we fail to take out our target because we didn't use enough firepower on that target. Jesus says he's given us all authority. How much more authority than all do you need? That means we're armed to take major territory. Why do I say this? It's because, oh, I just need to get more spiritual. No, you got to start using the stuff you get. Oh, I just got to memorize the whole Bible. No, just start reading it. It's fine. Or, you know, I got to pray nine hours a day. No, just pray and read the Bible. It's because we underestimate the power of the word. We fail to fight big enough battles. Acquire the right target, please. You, you weren't armed to fight battles over who sits where and who looked at you funny and what color should we paint the sanctuary and, and, and the music's too loud and, and Rick bought a commercial bubble machine to make it snow in here. I can't believe we're doing that in church. We were called to shake loose addictions and break chains of cancer and bring hope to the hopeless and love to the loveless. You weren't given all this just so you could criticize everybody and their grandmother. You weren't doing this because you're supposed to use. You have all authority. We're aiming at the wrong people. Get a bigger target. We're just, we aren't armed just to have good services. We're armed to impact this community, to drive out hunger. We're armed to rescue the trafficking. We are armed to bring heaven to earth. My question to you, C3 and those that are watching online, are your angels bored Angels, like oh my gosh, I wish I stopped stop complaining. Use some words. I could do something. Are angels just drumming their fingers? Like you know what? Dude? It's C three. They don't do. It. All they do is just. They sing really good. I just don't use any word. Put your angels into action. Until we understand the size uh, of weapon we have in we have in our mouth and in our heart, we'll aim too small. That means as a church family, we fail to have widespread impact. We are called to make because we'll shrink back and settle for and only take care of those that are in the church and existing buildings and programs and pet things. And when God is desiring to unleash the word and He gets in us and expands and untaps areas to bring light to darkness and try to do things others only imagine, He's trying to do all that through the word. Could you imagine how frustrated God is? I'm trying to impact uh, 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 the earth. Through my people, and they won't read what I've written to them or wrote to them. I'm not an English major. They won't read it. I give it to them. You can read it with a cool English accent. The Bible. You can read it, you can listen to it any way you want to. We still don't listen to it. We just, you know, I'm good. We'll watch YouTube until our eyes bleed, but we won't read three chapters of the Bible. Mm hmm. Thank you, brother. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm not trying to. This is not an angry preaching. This is just a please wake up church preaching. Because if we don't get this right, I am wasting my time talking about the armor of God. Why? Here, I'll spoil it for you. There's actually another piece of armor that nobody talks about. It's right at the end. Prayer. We don't use the last two. We want to, I put on the helmet of salvation. Lord, protect my mind and breastplate righteousness. Lord, protect my heart. And you don't pray. You don't read your Bible. All the pieces of armor are activated by prayer. You know, the thing we don't do. It's frustrating because we want to battle in the spirit with earthly stuff. It doesn't matter how hot these lights are. Good God, they're hot. It doesn't matter how good Todd sings, and how he can play all this music without looking at notes, and how Rick can can run lights and camera action and play the drums, and Matt can get everything sounding great on a tablet. That he, we got cool stuff. It has nothing to do with our effectiveness of the armor. We have to understand the importance of the word of God. Is this old school preaching? No, it's the only preaching. This is the only preaching. So here it is. You are armed for huge battles. Not just enough to get you out of bed and simply survive. But how much work are you putting in? I'm almost done. Is your target big enough? If it is, I hope to survive and work all week so I can hopefully have fun on the weekend and maybe make it to church. That's not a big target. probably not going to see any results at the wrong target. I want you, please, children, listen to me. Listen to me, kids. Look at me, 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 look at me. Do me a favor. If your parents are not reading the Bible to you, I want you to pester them until they either send you to Pango Pango or they read the Bible with you. Tell them. Let's read the Bible. Let's listen to the Bible. Let's do this. Come on, Mommy. Come on, Daddy. Put the phone down. Instagram is not your child, Mommy, Daddy. Yes, I am now meddling. Yes, put the phone down. Pay attention to me. I'm your child, remember? Uh, Oh, you're supposed to be responsible for me. You're supposed to be training me in the way I should go. Should I go and look at at social media too? Or can we read the Bible together? Children, listen to me. I need your help because they don't listen to the pastor. I'm just a guy who screams, spits, and sweats. That's all I do. But please help me. Help me. Get your parents. to Because you know what? If your parents are doing it with you, they're getting some Bible too. But we won't tell them that. Okay? Tell them it's for you. We are missing the boat. We are teaching our kids. Now, please don't misunderstand me. We're teaching our kids that church attendance trumps word. It doesn't matter. Listen, if you go to school and don't do any homework, you will be in school for a long, 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 long time. You have to do the homework, and you have to pass the test. If not, you repeat grades. You do not get credit for walking in the church. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy you're here. But if this was an attendance drive, you wouldn't be coming to this church. There's other churches that are a lot nicer when they preach for attendance drives. I want you to be successful and I want you to be victorious. And you cannot be victorious if you do everything except read the word. So stand with me. I'll give you I'll give you a break. I'll give you a break. I could talk to you about all kind of cool stuff, but why? i give you examples that the Roman soldiers carried actually two swords. One was a really long one, looked like one of those, you know, Conan the Barbarian two-handed deals. And they had a short one, which is a dagger, and it was super sharp. And the dagger was not used to cut because you can survive a cut. The dagger was used to stab, and it had, it was double-edged, so you could stab and twist, and it would be a wound that would not heal or be, or be a, mortally, a, mortal, a mortal wound. It would actually kill. That's what Paul is talking about. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It was so sharp. It was needle-sharp, and it would pierce. Why? Because when you're in close combat, you can't wield a big four- or five-foot sword. When you're in close combat, you need something sharp and effective. This is the only thing that Paul describes. He says, The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the, uh, the preparation of the gospel of peace, oins got about with truth. Okay, yeah, yeah. But then he says, The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. He doesn't give any description except the sword of the spirit. It's like Paul's trying to say, if you don't really get anything else, get this. Paul describes nothing else. He lets you figure it out. But when it comes to the sword of spirit, Paul gets very descriptive. It's the word of God. It's sharpened than a two-edged sword. Huh? They would have seen Roman soldiers going, you know, they would have known that exactly what they're talking about. It's something to be very effective. Enemies feared the Romans because of this dagger-like sword. They didn't want to be on the receiving end of that thing. Your enemy also fears that same sword. But he has nothing to fear if we never use it. And my gosh, if we never carry it into battle. You can't just... Now, I am not belittling talking in tongues. I am not belittling pleading the blood of Jesus. Jesus. But Paul doesn't mention any one of those things to battle the enemy. That's other cool stuff. We like cool stuff. We want to loosen, and bind, and send angels here there and there. But we don't want to do the basic stuff. Basics get you victory. Please fall in love with the word of God. Listen, I know it sounds sacrilege. I do not mind. I used to say I don't care, but I, I do care. But it doesn't bother me which version you use. If you read it, if it's read to you, if it's all, if you're old school and use CDs, I don't care. Just get it in you. Because God cannot give you rhema on something you do not have. We, I heard a preached that rhema was just God give you word. No, no, no. It's illumination of what you already have. And if God illuminates a situation, go, my gosh, that's me. You fight with that. If I'm ever preaching on a scripture and it's like God is talking to me, take that scripture. You know the meaning because we're preaching about it. And now you know it's personalized. You take that to battle. You take that and that's how you get victory. I don't know if I helped anybody, but I want you, please, it's not, I love to see you every Sunday, but it's not church attendance that's going to get you to victory. I love to see you baptized and, and feel the Holy Spirit because that's salvation stuff, I promise. But you can be saved and just get completely wore out by the enemy to the point where you have a nervous breakdown and quit on God. I want you to have victory. But we're not called to stand and take lumps. We are called to go on the offense as well. Church, I don't know about you, but I need to find a place to pray. Pastor, you love the Word of God? Yes, I do. Can you love it more? Yeah. I think everybody could. Listen, I'm not saying you got to do 17-week Bible study. I'm just saying whatever it is, however you get it in there. If you like themed Bible, if you want to read from Genesis to Revelation, if you want to read the New Testament, to Psalms, whatever you want to, just get the Word in you. Stop worrying about being able to pull it all out at one time. Just get it in there. One preacher said, I want to have so much word in me that when the devil squeezes me, that's the only thing that comes out. Get the word in you. Get it in you. Get it in your children. Don't worry about leaving them a big old fat 401K or whatever it is, or some kind of whenever you die, they're going to get $9 million. Do that if you want to, but leave them an inheritance that goes well beyond beyond this world, give them the word of God. What do you say as Todd sings? Can we find a place to pray? Can we fall in love with the word again and begin to use this weapon that God has allowed us to use?